Right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or any time goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football for the next few weeks, with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store, over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome to You Irons, the West Ham United podcast from the good people at The Athletic. I am Sam Delaney. I'm joined, as always, by Rashane Thomas, the West Ham correspondent for The Athletic. Hello, Rashane. How are you doing? I'm all good, Sam. Yourself? I'm all right, thanks. Now, I read this piece you've done this week um, where you've gone and, and interviewed former players about what it's like to be in the thick of a relegation battle. Uh, like the one West Ham are, are in at the moment. I, I tell you what, Rashane, what was depressing was is that you must have been spoilt for choice when it came to people to interview for that piece because basically anyone who's played for West Ham in the last 30 years has at some point been involved in a relegation battle. I know, I was going for the contact spot like, yeah, I'll give him a ring, I'll give him a text. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. But yeah, I spoke to Scott Mintel, Jimmy Walker, who was as funny as always, Malps and Matt Jarvis, and we all shared experience of or being involved in a relegation fight. But I mean, the, the best the best part, I'd guess, is the 2006-07 season because West Ham stayed up. And we all know Tevez was our saviour, but people also forget the contribution Bobby Zamora had that season. Well, that's our special guest this week who we spoke to. And, and you're so right about that. And, you know, it's one of the many things that I, I get personally very annoyed and bitter about when you get these Sheffield United fans who, who go on about the Tevez case. I mean... Apart from anything else, Tevez wasn't even the player who scored most of the goals in that great escape. It, the driving force of the great escape was Bobby Zamora. He scored the majority of the goals playing up front with Tevez. But anyway, I brought that up with him when we had a chat with him earlier. He was a great guy. It was great to get his insight from that famous great escape in 2007. It was a, it was a great chat, though. So have a listen. Hope you enjoy it. To celebrate the return of the Premier League, we're offering a 30-day free trial with The Athletic for a limited time only. Go to theathletic.com slash West Ham pod to sign up. At The Athletic, we care about every club with a dedicated journalist for each team. So sign up now to enjoy unrivaled coverage and insight of all 20 sides as the season reaches its belated conclusion. Right, so Bobby, thanks so much for joining us on New Irons. Um, I saw you chatting on Sky the other night, very enjoyable, but I could tell, uh, first of all, I could tell that even though you were covering Spurs West Ham because you'd obviously played for both clubs, it was really pleasingly clear to me who you were, whose team was your team. Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the team I grew up supporting, so um, of course it's, it's West Ham. So um, yeah, it was a little bit disappointed with the result. A bit frustrating. I could tell you were um, you were frustrated, mate. Um, it was a, a disappointing performance. Certainly, the second half. Um, what what did you think the biggest problems were? What are the biggest problems in the side at the moment? Uh, for me, it's just going forward, scoring goals. I don't know where we're going to score. I just can't see. It. There's no plan of how how we're going to score. 
which is which is a huge part of of a success of a team really like I touched on the other day you know Anderson yeah a fantastic talent but at times pleasing on the eye he's not delivered for me he's not turning up you can see it in his body language when he got brought on in that game I thought he looked like he didn't particularly want to be coming on uh, yeah I don't know if his heart's in it and, and certainly in a place and a position the club are in at the minute there's a certain sort, sort of player that you need um, for times and games um, when you're up against it and I don't know whether he falls into that category I don't know how many of the players are on that in that, in that team, in that squad, fall into that category. So, so you, but you think this is not just to do with the characters or the abilities of the players, it's tactical as well. So, we've got both problems. You think that Moyes is not setting up with a game plan to win, he's setting up in these games with a game plan to basically. No, I just, nick I, just a point. Think, I just think the personnel, the players that are there aren't, aren't suited to, to David Moyes. I actually, I actually think David Moyes is a, is a good manager myself, to be honest. He's got years of experience. I mean, to be honest, if, if you just look at Everton and what he's done there, and, you know, he had a, a set way and he had the he had time to build his squad. He had time to recruit what he wanted to to um, to the players that he wanted to get in, uh, and and it was a slow progression for that team and that squad um, to to some good success really, and finishing some good positions in the league um, at West Ham. He, I don't think he's really had that and. He certainly hasn't had. I don't know what the recruitments, what goes on with recruitment at the club. I don't know, but I don't think it's as, as straightforward. I think the game now has just got so complicated. There's so many roles for people, and there's so many, yeah, just made up roles, really. Yeah, and yeah. and and the manager doesn't actually have a large amount to say at some clubs of what signings come into the club, and it's a bit hard to to manage a. A club knowing you know what your philosophy is and but not being able to have the tools to to do the job we look at the the situation up front that you mentioned um first of all let me ask you about uh michael antonio he's getting a little bit of flack from some west Ham fans i personally think that the bloke's a hero because he's being played really out of position it's not his position he's having to play up there on his own and you know he, he is he's putting a shift in isn't he yeah, he works hard, mate. You know, you know. I think that's what you're going to get from him every week. He's going to work his his socks off, and you know, he's a he's an absolute buffalo, and he. Do you know what I mean? He runs, chases <laughs> things down, smashes into yeah. people, and you don't mind that at all, like you say. Um, but yeah, one there's the service when the ball goes up to him, moves around him. You know, who's going to who's gambling on that one? Who who knows? You know, there's no there's no formula. But like I, like I touched on the other night, I think Haller. It's a big price tag, you know. From what I hear, he's a he's a good player, but I don't think he's got that steel in him. If he understands and understood how big he was and how strong he was, and listen, you smack a centre half in the first couple of minutes, and they you know they'll think twice about coming through the back here. And I think that's something that that you've got to learn and be coached into if you haven't got that into you, in that that personal fight. But he uh, is certainly saying that he needs to bring to his game if he's going to play in England. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, he was showing a little bit of extra form um, just before the lockdown in the Southampton game. I don't know if you caught that one. He was, you know, they they played him with Antonio up front and that looked like it could have potential, especially with Bowen in there as well. We, we looked like we were capable of scoring goals and maybe his confidence was going to grow. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think he's, he's back for the Newcastle game. But you just think, I mean, you know, I think it was Jamie Carragher on on Sky not so long ago said that he always found you particularly difficult to play against. 
because of the fact that, like you've just described early on, I suppose you laid down a marker to whoever is defending you. Yeah, I mean, my game, my game evolved really over the years. Um, uh, it was actually at West Ham. I, I picked up an injury and I was out for, for a while and I ended up being in the gym for a long time, coming back out of um, uh, into rehab and then and then training with the team. And, and Matt Yapson, who used to be a, you know, a strong, good centre-half, used to put his body about. I remember the first session coming back in and I was, the ball came up to me. I was expecting Matty to come and shove me. I put my arm out and he just he couldn't move me. And it was like, all right, the realisation is, oh, actually, this is a huge part of my game now. Um, and, and and my game changed into into almost being a target man where it wasn't really an out-and-out target man before um, ended up going to Fulham and, and, and the team utilised the way that I played and um, we had a lot of success there. But um, I think, yeah, I, I think clubs and players need to understand and try and somebody like Haller um, and even Antonio, you know, like I say, a big, strong boy, quick boy that, that if he realises, you know, actually, let me work on one or two things, one or two aspects of my game. And that just has to be drilled into him daily. You know, somebody has to take him to a side and half an hour just do, you know, the same boring exercise of holding defenders off um, and, and it will pay dividends. And uh, I think they missed that. But just unfortunately, I don't think we, we have the time now. For, for those guys to pick that that skill up it's interesting isn't it because you know you would think in the likes of Moyes and Kevin Nolan mm. who is someone who certainly could, yeah. could use his strength and his body effectively in the way you're describing you would think he's got the right coaching staff around him but mm. yeah maybe they just haven't had enough time I mean you know Moyes yet again finds himself sort of parachuted in with not much control you know, I, I guess he got Suchek and Bowen. I think they both look like good players, but yeah, I don't know, they, they like do, you say, yeah, how much do. stay he had in in signing them anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they look good. I like, I like them. I want to ask you. Uh, you know, West Ham have had a, a a lot of relegation battles over the years, and I've seen us fail in a lot of them. But the most successful one we ever had was, of course, two thousand and seven. Now, first of all, Bobby, one thing I. I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm quite a bitter man who could never let the Sheffield United Carlos Tevez situation go. Can't I can't ever let go of it. I find myself in arguments about it on a regular basis. One thing that I always cite when people are going on about how Carlos Tevez saved for his goals is that you actually scored more goals in that running than he did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, scored yeah, scored a few. Three important ones, one nilers and Winning goals, but um, but yeah, look, Carlos, Carlos, fantastic. I love playing with him. Really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed playing with me. So um, we ended up playing. It was almost like four, five, one, um, and it would it would be a case of whoever was closest to the right side midfield um, when when we turn the ball over would play would be the right wing back as such. And there would be times where we'd lose the ball and we'd both look at each other to see where the, where the other one was. And you'd almost laugh, you'd almost laugh, and he would almost laugh as well. You know, oh shit, it's me. I've got to do the, the sprint back, but um, but both happy to do that. That stint, both happy to do it, and um, um, yeah, we we both come up with some good goals, some important goals, and um, that togetherness, that change of room that we had then was uh, is 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 the reason we ended up at the the rut that we should never have been in. But Bobby, it was so weird. It was such a weird situation when when Kerbert, First of all, it was strange the way that our form you know, just crashed so inexplicably in the first part of that season after we'd been so fantastic for the previous two. But then, what I want to ask you about today, what's relevant to the situation we're in now, is, you know, when Curbs first arrived, it looked to have had not much of an impact, you know, and and we, we of course, got battered by Charlton in that famous game. And then you all turned it round. 
in just those last few games. And it was like a switch had been flicked, right? And so what what happened? Because well, you, you look, there was, a, you, you know, I went to all the games and you weren't, you didn't look like a team anymore. And then all of a sudden you did. What happened? Genuinely, it's in my recollection of, of, of what happened. So Kerb's come in, he was very um, yeah, <laughs> organised, yeah. He just wanted to match teams up. So if they played 4 5 one, we'd match them up in midfield and uh, we'd do the same sort of, same sort of drills. And um, I don't know, I don't think he got the best out of us. And anyway, uh, and, and I, we ended up saying to him, can we just have some fun, please? Like, can we just enjoy a training session? And the result came, we won. And it was like, Gaffer, don't go back to doing your sessions, your boring sessions. Can we have some fun? Right, just five asides, just five asides, a little bit, you know, some crossing, some shooting, stuff like that. We ended up doing that for like the last six weeks and won every game. Like, it was mental. It was mad. It was, it was really strange, but it just, it worked for that group of players. And I suppose, obviously, when you win a game as well, obviously, it breeds confidence as well. So, um, yeah, we but but the changing room was good. The changing room is what is what makes a difference when you're in a rundown now, when you're in a bad place. You know, James Collins, you know, Gabidon, Anton, you know, I mean, all those all those lads, um, Nobes and Real Coca, just lads that rolled their sleeves up. And there was spirit, wasn't there? We spoke, you know, we spoke to Marlon recently, and you know, he, he said that the secret of that team, when you were flying, which you had been for the previous two seasons, was that you you're a band of brothers, you you were pals. Yeah, yeah, on and off the pitch, you know, all got on. All for me, you know, I like I like a good few English lads in the changing room. I, I really do. I really do. I think that's that's. Um, I think it's quite important for for English clubs, um, just to, to uh, just that. I mean, it was a Spurs Spurs game the other day, the derby, and I don't know how many of them realise it's a derby and yeah, how much it means. Um, I know it's hard and the situation was hard with no crowd as well, but but um, yeah, just how important that, that is. You must still know the lads. You played with Nobes, of course. I mean, what what is your impression of what the spirit is like inside the, the, the dressing room now? It's there, but I don't know how many of them. I don't know how many of them will roll up their sleeves in a in a fight, really. So um, that's it. I mean, I, unfortunately, I, I I'm I'm looking at the table, thinking, right, okay. That last game of the season, Villa's going to be up huge. It's going to be a big, big game. I just wonder, right, are there three worse teams than us, basically, rather than where are we going to yeah. get these wins? Because they're not easy. They're not easy, uh, the, the running. So, And it comes down to that Villa game, last game of the season. And I don't know. I mean, they've got a few English boys in their, in their squad and in their mix, UK lads, you know, British boys. So I think, you know, if, if it comes to, I think they may have a little bit more steel than us, which worries me. Our fixtures probably have a few more winnable games than Villas do, and perhaps Bournemouth and Watford's too, which is, which is the only hope. But do you ever think it's true? Like the suspicion amongst fans is, is that sometimes Moyes will look at the fixtures and then have looked at Wolves, Spurs, and Chelsea, and almost written those games off and thought, "Don't don't worry about them. Tactically, we're going to approach it, you know, as if we just want damage limitation." We'll focus on the winnable games. No, managers always want to win every game. I've never, I've never had one manager say, "Right, let's play for a draw today." Not once, not once, not even at half time. I think that's quite a continental way of thinking. You know, the Italians would play for that, and and, and teams that I've played against, I think you can see their mindset as that. But but I don't think uh, English football. I don't think Moyes. I mean, 
if you said to Moyes, look, give it your all. Um, because the, because you don't know what's going to happen in a game. You don't know who's going to pick up an injury. You don't know if they're going to pick up a, a red card, two red cards, whatever it may be. Um, and how the game can change. You can end up winning, getting three points. And that three points is the ultimate ultimate chance of you staying in the Premier League. And you're not going to, you're not just going to throw three points away because you, because you think you're not going to win it. Um, I don't, I don't buy that at all. But you think there's a chance that in these other games, once we've got Chelsea out of the way, which I don't hold out much hope for, um, he's more likely to show a bit of ambition, maybe play someone up up front with Antonio? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully the, 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 the squad's fully fit and he has a full squad to pick. Um, I think you need two up front, make it hard for the, to the back four or back three, whoever you're playing against, two bodies up there. And like I say, even if it is a case of, right, we're just going to shell balls up to Halle, we're going to shell balls up to Antonio, just make sure you win that second ball and we'll play in there after the pitch. Mm. Um, I know not a lot, a lot of people didn't like Big Sam, but you know he plays a percentage game and in a place in a time like that, like now, there isn't many better people to, to manage a team. There really isn't. Well, he's available, but I think yeah. time's running out to get him. He might be sitting by the phone. Harry sponsors You Irons, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close comfortable shape i use them and not only are they good razors and also this shaving foam is very good as well the best thing is you never run out of blades which is a nightmare you never end up having forgot to go to the shop and you have to use a blunt razor that you've already used five times and you cut yourself because harry's make sure that just as you're running out automatically as if they read your mind a new bunch arrive in the post dreamland as a listener, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com slash uirons right now. That's harrys.com slash uirons. Rishane's joined us, Bobby. Rishane, do you want to chuck in a couple of questions? So, yeah, Bobby, I mean, Martin Earl has been a great player for West Ham over the years and he's three games away from uh, making his 500 appearance for West Ham. Talk me through some of your best memories when it comes to Nobs. Playoff final, obviously, him jumping on me back. You know, we come from the same part of, uh, of London together. Do you know what I mean? Both sort of from you and me, went to, he went to Woodside when he did go to school. Um, and I went to Little Wilfred's. And, you know what I mean? We both, you know, Newham Leisure Centre was pretty much our stomping ground where we used to kick the ball about and um, uh, just I remember him coming through his first couple of training sessions and just him being a cheeky little chappy which which uh, I really liked um, and having a little bit of confidence about him um, I, I used to say to him just get it give it to the good players you know as a young lad um, and he's uh, he's taken that on board I've heard him say into a few interviews and he still says it to people now you know that little bit of advice that I'll get, give it, get it and give it to the good players um, as a young lad so yeah I used to have a laugh and a giggle with him but a good player mate very very steady player you know exactly what you're going to get uh, he loves the club um, and I know that he's desperate to uh, to get a few wins on, on the, um, under under the team's belt you know to make sure there's Premier League football next season and uh, Bobby as we reflect on Mark Noble's career do you think it's a great shame that he wasn't able to play for England or at least be called up to one England squad Yes, I'm, I'm disappointed. I mean, I, I speak to Nobs still quite a bit and um, 
when he was having that mad season, was it a few seasons ago? Unbelievable. Roy Hodgson was the manager, obviously, at the time, and I've got a good relationship with Roy after uh, my time at Fulham with him. And he, I was calling him and texting him saying, you know, look, you need to be getting him in the squads. He needs to be, you know, in that team. He's good enough. But for whatever reason, yeah, he didn't make it, which is which is a shame because uh, I think he would have done very well in an England jersey. He's 33 now. His contract expires at the end of next season. For you personally, you know, the fact that he was your teammate and you're still good friends with him. I mean, what would you like to see Noble do once he retires? I don't know. I'd like to see him have some involvement in the club, yeah. Um, like I say, there are a lot of roles in the club now, which I don't know how, how important they are, how they get these roles. I don't know. I think you've got to have some people involved in the club that actually love the club and he fits that, that bill massively. So I'd like to see him having a proper role, a, a real say, because I know that he, he's not going to do it for a pound note. He's not going to do it to try and make himself look good. He's going to do it because he wants to, the club to win. Um, I don't know what role that would be and how much experience you'd need or, or what what the jobs entail to be a sporting director or head of recruitment or whatever it is but but he certainly would I know his heart would be in the right place which is what you want I think the fans would all love to see that because we'd love to have people who felt like they were the West Ham part of the West Ham family back and well what about you Bobby you've never shown much inclination to going to coaching might that change no do, do you know what I I I mean I look at I look at the West Ham team now and I'm talking about what those guys up front should be doing, uh, the big lads, the big strong boys and how they should use their body. And uh, When I was an apprentice, I was an apprentice at Brickle Rovers and we had a, a, a two coaches who were uh, Gary Penrice, who was very technically real good, um, small guy, um, really clever with his runs and, and that. And then we had a, 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 a guy called Gary Thompson. Penny used to do the, the runs that you should be making and understanding how to suck defenders in and stuff. And Tomo would be working with Barry Hells, Jason Roberts, Nathan Ellington on holding the ball up. And I saw Jason Roberts. I don't know if you remember him. He played for Blackburn. Oh, yeah, very much, yeah. Yeah, big, strong boy. When he come, I promised you, he couldn't kick a ball. Like He'd come from non-league <laughs> and he could not kick a ball. He was just so raw. And he used to be, before training and after training with Tomo, uh, just rolling defenders, holding defenders off and just rolling them. And he ended up making a very, very good career out of it, playing in the Premier League, scoring some good goals and terrorising a lot of defenders. Yeah. And I'd like to go in and do something like that just a couple of days a week, just working with the forwards. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of, of day-to-day being involved in a football club and the coaching side of it, no, uh, it's just too much. It's just too, too much for me. Um, <laughs> I like my fishing. I like getting away and switching off from football. But uh, I would like to go and share my experiences and, and teach one or two um, players that, that fit into a certain category, into a certain mould, um, and try and help them improve their game. Well, we could certainly do with it now. Let's hope uh, Moyes is listening and, and knows you're available because <laughs> we could all do with it. Uh, Bobby, uh, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for sticking with it. We had yeah, a few pleasure. technical issues at the start of this interview. But it's great to speak to you. And let's hope we can speak again next season and still be a Premier League club. Let's hope these lads can find something of the spirit of 2007, eh? Yeah, fingers crossed, pal. Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of The Totally Football Show, now part 
of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. There you go, Bobby Zamora. What a great guy. Uh, great take on what's going on with the squad at the moment. Great memories of the uh, the great escape in 2007. Um Rashane, uh, you're going to be writing a piece up on, on that interview on the site, right? Well, the piece should be on the site, well, for viewers to read today. And yeah, Zamora, I'll be thinking about the contribution he had in terms of goals for West Ham. A lot of fans would be like, hey, come out of retirement and help us out right now. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he was a great player, in many ways an underrated player. It, what was fantastic was that he was West Ham through and through, born and bred, as he said, like Mark Noble as a hammer. And that's what was so wonderful when he arrived at the club and he did some incredible things for us. Not, I mean, we didn't even get a chance to speak to him about his playoff final winning goal, not really. So um, hopefully we'll we'll get to speak to him again at some point in the future. Um, but interesting chat. Check out Rashane's piece on The Athletic today and join us next time on New Irons. Remember, ladies and gents, there's only, there's only one Samasi Abu. Abu.